everyone. Welcome back to Tea to Green with Jensen and Megan. We are excited to have Polly Mack joining us today, a fifth year at the University of Alabama who just turned pro earlier this month. Polly was born in Berlin, Germany, and has been in America since her freshman year at the University of Las Vegas, Nevada. She played two years there before transferring to Alabama. Polly has had seven top 20s, five top 10s, and five top five finishes during her three years at Bama including two wins this spring at the Liz Murphy Collegiate and the Franklin NCAA Regional. Before she transferred to Bama, she played it for UNLV, where she had seven top 20 finishes, six top 15s, and four top 10s. Her career low is a 66 that was carded at the 2020 Moon Golf Invitational. As a result of a successful season this year, she was named a first-team All-American, was among the final 10 players on the Annika Award watch list, and was named to the All-SEC First Team. During her collegiate career, she was a two-time First Team honoree in the Mountain West Conference, and she earned Freshman of the Year honors as well. Academically, she has been named a President's List honoree two times, which requires a 4.0 GPA, and a Dean's List honoree three times, which requires a 3.5 GPA. She is the finalist for SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year, and has been on the SEC academic honor roll two times. She has also won an individual as an individual twice during her first two years of college at the battle at Boulder Creek and the Mountain View Invitational. Polly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so give us the rundown. How'd you get started with golf? Um, all the way back then when I was three years old, I first walked onto the golf course. Um, my dad took me and I guess my grandma took or got the sport into our family. Um, and yeah, I just swung the first club for three years and kind of loved it. I got my first clubs and um, always stick to it. I had Bambini training back then every Saturday um, where we had to hit into little turned around umbrellas and we got gummy bears when we hit the umbrella. So I guess the gummy bears kept me going <laughs> as a little motivation back then. And um, yeah, then I got older, got better. And um, I think 2016 was my first really big win in Germany. So, yeah. I think it's a solid way to start when there's candy and bribing involved, honestly, personal opinion, but what did competitive golf look like overseas growing up? Let's see. So first of all, obviously it was just national in Germany, trying to get to the national competition, like um, German national championships within the juniors, but also the general national championship in the ladies. And then getting older with 14, 15, I think I started uh, traveling to different countries um and I loved it I loved being on a plane I loved getting to different places playing in Spain Italy Sweden Denmark I don't know all over the place really and um I think my favorite place to travel to is Italy just because of the food the, the great weather usually and the people there are just amazing um but it's, yeah, I guess the big difference to here is just that everybody speaks a different language in different countries over there. And um, it's really just a different culture every single time you get on the plane and travel somewhere else. Here in America, I feel like you still have the same language and still the same, obviously, nationality and stuff. But um, 
I, I love traveling all over the place. So I'm really just waiting to go out um, maybe to Asia sometime. <laughs> Did you know you always wanted to come to America to play college golf? Um, not always. I think the first thought came to my mind when my brother went over to his exchange year in 10th grade. I was in eighth grade at that point. Um, and he went to like close to Chicago and that kind of first put my mindset onto, okay, America's cool. I want to go to America. Um, I was proud of him. I was jealous of him. Kind of like that typical little sister, older brother relationship. And when he came back, he was just a completely different person in a good way. He was open-minded to everything. He was, I don't know, just a cool older brother that I looked up to and, um, I thought, okay, I want to do that. But for me, it would have been um, not the smartest thing to go after or in 10th grade. So I decided to go after I finished high school and then maybe do college over there. And the older I got, the more that mindset grew on me and I loved it. And yeah, then kind of last minute in the end, I decided to go to college and do it. Yeah. What was the recruiting process like for you during that time? I think it was a little different to others. I mean, I think a lot of people here work with, um, work with like, what is it called? Um, college, I don't know, like people who help people like find the right college. I don't know, and pay money for it. For me, it was my coach who helped me the most, regular. and um he was really close in contact with my then assistant coach at, you know, the Andy Crabtree. And um, he came to visit me in at the British, I believe it was the British Girls 2015, 2016. And um, we had a really good like talk and um, yeah, we came in contact and um, I don't know, I, I really liked the idea of going to Vegas and it was pretty simple. I didn't really talk to many coaches personally I had like one or two phone calls I had a couple like email exchanges but I really liked Vegas and it was always kind of the idea going to Vegas was a good one so yeah when did you commit see I think fall of 2016 the year before I went yeah what criteria helped you narrow down your schools of interest or was it just like comfortability? Um, I kind of had a list that my coach made me do um, with priorities that I wanted to have. So I definitely wanted warm weather all year round. There was no way that I was going to go somewhere where it's colder than it is in Germany in the wintertime. I wanted something that's that has better facilities than Germany um, or where I was from. Then I wanted like a bigger city. I wanted a nice campus obviously and what other things I think airport close by was something that I wanted um so I could I don't know like that it was easy to fly home at some point even though it was quite a long fly over to Vegas from Berlin but um yeah I think the main thing was warm or year-round and Vegas was perfect for that what is one piece of advice you'd give to those who are going through the recruiting process as an international student? Um, start the process early. 
list for sure and have that priority list know what you want know what you need for yourself to be happy um if it's the weather if it's the coaches the team maybe yeah the team atmosphere and stuff things like that just yeah have a priority list ready and know what you want so the transfer portal is something we hear a lot about now with the COVID fifth year, but you actually transferred from UNLV to Bama um, before all this COVID stuff happened. So what kind of went into your decision to enter the portal? Um, for me, it was, well, in the beginning, going into UNLV, UNLV was the perfect choice just because I wasn't that good yet. I just got better at that point where, um, like right before going into college, I started winning tournaments. And so, you know, the first of all was the right choice. And then um, I don't know if I outgrew the team, but um, I just felt like I could do better. And my coach kind of, so things between me and my assistant coach were really good, Andy, who recruited me. But then um, my head coach, I felt like kind of was standing in my way of doing my own things. I always knew from Europe um, I could do my my own ways. I could do my own practice I had my own drills that I wanted to do and I feel like my head coach kind of stood in the way of me doing these drills because she had her own idea of practices she had her own idea of doing things and um, for me as a European that was just not working right um, and at some point I said okay I need to do my own things because I'm not getting any better here and um, yeah we kind of like always bumped into each other and then at some point, as me and my coach from home decided, okay, this is not working out. He can communicate to her. I can't really work both ways. I need to do it the way I'm used to. And then the transfer portal came into the idea, yeah. So kind of coming to that conclusion of, you know, I need to enter the transfer portal emotionally, what was that process like for you? You know, obviously there's a lot of unknowns for people on what can happen. Well, plus that I was not familiar at all with the transfer portal. I didn't even know what that meant, except that I would transfer schools. But um, I always thought of it like a Facebook for coaches from other um, universities just looking at profile pictures. I don't know that's how I thought of it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was a little dramatic, I would say, because I was in this whole bed of confusion and uh, emotions I don't know sometimes I cried because I didn't want to leave the city and my friends in Vegas because I knew I was super comfortable in Vegas and I loved everything about it except that part of practice and not getting along with the coach too well um, on the other hand I knew if I wanted to do golf as an option for after college and wanted to have pro as an option at some point, I knew I had to leave and had to try something different. And um, yeah, that kind of like took over at some point and I knew, okay, if I'm, I'm making the right decision and for golf, I am transferring. So then how did you end up at Bama? Like, would you say the, the process for finding a school that was a fit for you was similar to high school or was it a little bit different? Um, it was a little different in the, uh, way that I had to do everything by myself I mean I was in Vegas my parents were overseas um, I obviously stayed in touch with them but 
I just got overrun with emails every single day once I hit the transfer portal and it was really crazy and besides that I still had to do school I still had to do practice and I still had to play tournaments and stay focused and do well in everything I did um it was a lot but um yeah I tried to just kept focus on on the really important schools um the ones that I would consider try to send out responses to the one that wouldn't come into closer review and um I think the last three schools that I have had left were Oregon, South Carolina and Alabama. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you had known before entering the portal? I don't think so. I'm, I'm thinking because it is a little bit ago. It's like four years ago, but um, let's see. I don't think so. Yeah. So when you got to Bama in the fall of 2019, how easy was it for you to make that transition on a new team? Um, well, while the atmosphere, like the culture in Alabama is very different, the team really made it easy on me. They really opened up to me with open arms and took me in. The coaches made it super easy. The coaches were honestly amazing. Mick and Susan were always there for me from the beginning on. Um, as well as the team. We had a really great atmosphere my junior year. Um, I felt super comfortable with everybody. And um, I think that made it really easy to adjust and um, yeah, just call it my new home. <laughs> so you won NCAA regionals this year and it was at Mason Rudolph's golf course in Vanderbilt. Uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Can you talk a little bit about your game during the NCAA regionals? What was clicking for you? Um, people asked me that before. People asked me, how did you do that transition from starting with a double bogey and a bogey and then suddenly making birdies and suddenly finishing with seven birdies in a row? Um, I've never done that. I think the highest I had was probably five birdies in a row. Um, I really can't say except for I did it for my team. I knew it was necessary to keep my team going, um, to make it to nationals with the team because really that's all I wanted at that point since it is my last season or was my last season. Um, so I gave myself a little mind pep talk and said, hey, Polly, you started with double bogey bogey. You are three over after two, but you're not going to let that go. You're going to fight. and." I guess somehow I came back. <laughs> yeah, you shot 65, which is seven under with birding the last seven holes. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never had seven birdies in a row. <laughs> During those seven birdies in a row, are we talking like you're making everything, you're just joining it? Like what's going on? It honestly could have been nine on the second nine. So the front okay. line, it was really just, yeah, it was the front line was really just coming back to even par. Um, so I just made three birdies here and there, didn't make any other mistakes, was back to even. And then for the second nine on 10, I believe it was like a nine footer I missed. So it really was just, I missed, like it wasn't, like there was a chance for another birdie on 11. I think it was just a six footer for birdie. And then from 12 on, it was, I think on 12, it was a six footer for birdie um 13 I think it was a three footer 
it was really just short putts. I kept pinning it. Um, I had a couple of hard putts, I think 15. I had one that was um, probably like 14 feet or 12 feet um, downhill left to right break with like three or 4%. It wasn't an easy putt. Um, so I hold that one too. And then on 17, I believe I hold it from the fringe from like 33 feet. Um, that one was, or that was 16, I think. That was a little crazy, but yeah, I hold a couple crazy ones, but again, 10 and 11 could have been birdies too. So, so-and-so. <laughs> so you're 65, you guys advance through NCAA regionals. You guys make it to the NCAA championship again this year. Um, what was your experience there? And especially it being your last one and knowing it, that it was your last one. Um. Well, obviously I wanted to to give it my all and try my best, but I mean, knowing the course from last year, I know it can really take everything out of you. It, it's a tough course and I respect everybody who's playing well on this course, because I do not. <laughs> um, I had not one round that was close to par. I think the closest was maybe four over or something. Um, I don't know. I, I personally can just say, um, I, I don't know how to play this course well. Um, I really don't know what it is. I mean, it's just a tough course, I guess. Um, <laughs> but maybe I think it's probably the my my short game that's missing out there um, and making those up and downs when you don't hit the green or missing it on the right side of the green. Um, I've kept missing it on the wrong side and not making up and downs and just, yeah, keep scoring bogeys. I guess. Um, let's see. But um, yeah, again, respect to everybody who can play this course, respect to Stanford this year for winning it. And um, yeah, I remember my coach asking me after the second round, Polly, what is it that like you guys all didn't do well this today? Like anything we do or anything we can help you guys to do? And I'm, I told him, I really don't know what it is, but I, I personally can just say, I don't know how to, how to do this better. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great feedback. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I will make sure to relay that message to the listeners. Hopefully they bring their A game out there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, walking up the 18th hole, you know, the final round out there, knowing it's your last tournament and last hole of college golf and you, you just you're obviously playing bad and just don't know how to play out there. Um, what was running through your head? Um. I kind of kept it together pretty well. I haven't shed a tear that week until probably after the last hole. Actually, the last hole for me was number nine on 18. I wish it was 18 because 18 is a little nicer from the setup, but I guess we didn't do well enough to play 18 as a last hole. <laughs> um, however, I was really glad that I had my head coach make by my side walking those last couple holes with me. Um, that kind of gave me that confident feeling, um, even though it wasn't going too well. We were just talking about, like on the last hole, he said, Polly, how does it feel and stuff? And I said, well, weird, kind of sad, but um, yeah, I'm almost, I think I almost made a birdie on that hole too, but I didn't. It's fine. The power is okay, <laughs> especially on that course. And um, 
yeah it was it was obviously afterwards a little emotional but in a good way in a positive way it was an amazing three years that I'm super thankful for especially that last fifth year that I got and um, I couldn't have imagined to finish off college better than this except for could have played better at nationals I guess but yeah (laughs) I would say maybe next year but that would be tough yeah I hope for my team that they will do well I mean yeah I would love to give them tips but I really can't So you had a very impressive impressive season this year. Um, If the listeners couldn't tell from our very long introduction of all of your accomplishments, um, you hardly ever finished outside the top 20. What would you say you improved on the most that led to these results? Um, I think in general, college golf just taught me a lot about short game, about to keep the ball in play, not making high numbers, and just scoring in general. what me and my coaches um, developed as a saying was, Polly, you just need to play boring golf. Because, I mean, I'm known to hit it somewhat far. And with hitting it far, there also comes a little bit of, well, sideways inaccuracy. <laughs> um, but I think I managed really well to keep the ball in play these last one or two years. Um, there's less of an out of bounds here and there. There's less of, oh, where did that ball go? Um, and way more of, okay, all I need to do is hit that fairway, hit that green, make a two putt, and walk off happily with a par. And um, I think that's what my coach has taught me really well. And um, that's what I've gotten better at. My wedges, wedge game got a lot better. That's why I played so well in regionals. Um, and putting got really well these last one or two years, which helped a lot too. And um, I think my addition of a two and three iron also helped a lot. So I'm, I've been taking out a three wood a lot now and added a two iron to the list and um, been hitting that from the tee. And that's been really awesome to keep the ball in play and just go forward. Yeah, you gotta love a good driving iron. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always a big fan. <laughs> So have you created any goals that helped you to perform so well? I mean, it sounds like boring golf was like a really big one for you. Yes, yes. Um, All I've heard from coaches growing up was, Polly, you need a club from the tee that is just in play, that's just out there, that gives you distance, but is mainly out there on the fairway and that you can keep playing from and isn't just before out of bounds or just before the water or just in play, but you need something that's safely in play. Um, that was the main thing. And then the second thing was wedge game, wedge game, wedge game, wedge game, like getting those distances dialed in, um, especially between 40 and 80 was a big issue. And I think that's gotten a lot better. Still can improve a lot, but it's getting there. So with your team, what did the qualifying process look like? Um. Let's see, we had usually, I don't know how many rounds it usually was, probably like six rounds-ish, like three weekends, maybe a little more before the tournaments in the fall started. And then obviously everybody could qualify. And I think it was, let's see, was it two coaches picks, I think, one or two coaches picks. And I think 
two or three qualifiers. Uh, every year was a little different. Sometimes it was two coaches picks, or sometimes one, or sometimes three. Um, and then the rest would qualify by score. Um, and then sometimes we would have qualifying after a tournament where like the person at home would play really well and the person in the tournament wouldn't do so well, like an hour five or so. And then we would have like a shootout or something over one or two rounds. Um, but all in all, yeah. And then in the spring, we sometimes, sometimes all of us qualified again. Sometimes only the four and five had to qualify with the rest of the team. It really depended how everybody was doing and such, yeah. So what was the training and practice schedule for your team? It differed a lot between my junior year and then my fifth year, senior year. And my junior year, we still had very scheduled practice regarding timing. So we usually had practice from two to four, two to five during the week. And then on the week, weekends, we would play. Um, and then between in this like two to four, two to five p.m. practice, we would uh, have different drills set up that we could do. We usually wouldn't have to do them. Sometimes we were more encouraged to do something because it was a good setup for the following tournament for like par threes, let's say like distance wise or for which game or putting or I don't know. Um, but yeah, usually we were pretty open to what we wanted to do, what we thought we needed to do. We always had talked with our coaches after each tournament, uh, what we thought we had to practice on versus what they thought we had to practice on, but mostly that matched. And um, so we had the same idea. And um, now like this past year was more like us telling them what we wanted to do for practice. We could either practice in the morning, depending on our class schedule. Um, I think the main reason was that some of us just had sometimes afternoon classes and could only come out in the mornings, which I think was amazing just because whenever it gets hot in the summer, um, it's really nice to just be there at seven, get the practice out of the way or um, just be a little chilled. And then when you get tired towards the afternoon after lunch, then you're just sitting in class. You really just need to listen, take notes. So I think that's that's a better way of doing it. But yeah, that's when it was kind of more open to, if you wanted to go play, go, go play. If you wanted to go practice, practice. And um, as long as you tell them, like the coaches, what you wanted to do, then you were good to go. <laughs> So having, you know, those classes and the practices that you're doing, how did you find balance between the two? Um, it wasn't too hard, I would say. Um, I mean, it's always been that way. It's always been school and golf. And um, I think in college it was a little easier just because it was a little less school compared to high school and a little like more golf finally. Um, obviously there were a lot of assignments in the evenings that we had to focus on too and make space for, but, um, yeah, I think, I mean, my last semester was really relaxed just because I only had to do an internship and one class left. And I loved the internship because it was in my major hospitality management and I love going to work. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that was kind of like, a very good transition this last semester to go from school and golf to kind of like work and golf to just golf. <laughs> now, looking back on your college experience, what would you say is your favorite part of college golf? 
my favorite part probably the traveling with the team um having the coaches always close in case you have questions and needed something um and just going to different places not needing to worry about anything because your coaches basically manage everything for you they're basically your managers on the road which is really amazing now that I'm kind of going into the pro life um I need to do everything by myself and just a little exhausting every mistake I make it's my mistake and I have to fix it and stuff um and sometimes mistakes are expensive <laughs> but um yeah I love that about college golf that you don't have to worry I mean yeah you do have to do school on the on the road but um at the same time it's your mistake if you don't get it done in time and if, like how you manage yourself with school I guess so um yeah being a pro golfer now what do your plans look like for the summer um, so I just started my first Epson event last week. I got the card last year in Q school. So I have this week and well, last week and this week in Michigan, then I'm flying back to Germany. I have one event that I got invited to in Berlin from the LET. And then I'm skipping the New York event. And other than that, I'll play everything on the Epson tour for the rest of the calendar year. Yep. So what does Q series look like? Like, what was the process like going through that? Um, okay, so I started in August, first stage, I believe it's like second week of August. It is four rounds. After three rounds, there was a cut. There's three different courses, lots of people. <laughs> I think it was almost 200 people attending that first stage. Um, everybody can attend as long as they pay the $2,500, I think it is. And um, yeah, it was really hot because it is in Palm Springs, California. And um, it was a little crazy. <laughs> and plus, on top of that, I got sick that week. So, and I did it by myself too. So um, I had a cold, had to do the COVID testing just in case, just wasn't cold. So that's, that was good. <laughs> But um, yeah, so I played um, three rounds, made the cut, played the fourth round, made it to second stage. Second stage was in October, so a really long period between August and October, but with lots of college golf. And then in October, I flew straight down from a North Carolina tournament that we had with the team to Florida, Venice, Florida, for the second stage where we played two courses, again, four rounds. I don't know. I don't think there was a cut. I think it was a total of four rounds. And then after that, the top 45 would make it to third stage. So I made the third stage, played in December. And that one was kind of tough because the it's two weeks, first week, two courses, second week, one or two courses. I'm not sure because I didn't make the second week. Um, however, second week would have been finals week for me. So I tried to finish all my finals that first week within like during huge series and it was really really tough <laughs> um but yeah I had the flu the week before that so I was struggling a lot with sickness and whatnot that fall however so I got the flu before that I was really really weak that week of Q series try to do my finals at the same time too and played well the first round with I think it was a 
three under or something. I don't know. I, I don't really remember. Um, but then, yeah, as the week went on, I just got weaker. I couldn't really, I was just done, honestly. It was okay. I got my absence status. I was happy. I'm, I'm most happy that I made it to third stage. And all I really wanted was a good absence status. I think I'm in category C. Um, so that's really all I needed. And yeah. <laughs> honestly, it sounds like with all that golf, if you can do all that with being sick and having school, I think you can discount <laughs> anything. That's that's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I didn't really finish my finals that week. I was gonna like push it off a little and stuff, but uh, I figured out for myself whenever I am sick, I do play a little better just because I focus more on making it through the round than really focusing on golf and scores and whatnot. So my mind's a little more free and golf. <laughs> What is the most important thing you learned from playing college golf? Um, I think the team atmosphere, having a team around you that supports you, has your back, um, that you can always rely on, um, just people that you're basically 24-7 with and that, um, that really gives you a great feeling of a new home, a different type of like family and um yeah like i said it's, it's really just the second family that you get if you have a great team around you and um i think it was an amazing experience and for me especially coming from europe getting the um, opportunity to play college golf besides getting a degree done it's nothing that you can do in europe and i'm just super thankful for that like it's just amazing that i can walk out being still good at golf and having a degree in my hand. There is one piece of advice you'd give your 18 year old self upon entering college, what would it be? I mean, people tried telling that my freshman year, but I, I would tell myself again and again and over and over again, take every single moment in, take nothing for granted and enjoy college life as much as possible. And do everything that you can do, like make the mistakes you have to do, I guess, because you're just learning from them, but just get like, take all the opportunities you get for anything, like have fun um, and just enjoy it as much as you can because it does go by fast. <laughs> Polly, thank you for joining us. And thanks for listening to Tea Green with Jensen. And Megan. Now that we're done with the SEC wave, make sure to tune in on the next set of episodes as we move out to the schools in the West.